This is Ringler Radio, where you get all the latest news and information about structured settlements from Ringler Associates, the first name in structured settlements, helping injured people and their families since 1975. Ringler Radio is made possible in part by Allstate, American General, John Hancock, Liberty Mutual, MetLife, Mutual of Omaha, New York Life, Pacific Life, and Prudential. Now join Ringler Radio host Larry Cohen. Well, hello and welcome to Ringler Radio, everyone. I'm Larry Cohen, the head of Ringler Associates Northeast Operations, and once again, glad you could join us. Did you know that truck driver fatigue is a contributing factor in as many as 30 to 40% of all crashes involving heavy trucks? That's according to the National Highway Safety Transportation Association. This was brought to uh, collective attention when comedian Tracy Morgan was hurt in a recent tractor-trailer crash. And today on Ringler Radio, we're going to talk about truck driver fatigue and the litigation stemming from many of these incidents, and also what's being done to help prevent truck driver fatigue and having those uh, tired drivers off the road. And joining us today for that discussion is attorney David Brose from the Langdon and Emerson Law Firm in Lexington, Missouri. David has been practicing law in state and federal courts across the country and also has an MBA from the University of Missouri in Columbia. And as a former partner in a civil litigation defense firm, he defended various Fortune 500 companies in both personal injury and commercial litigation with an emphasis on product liability and trucking cases. David now puts his understanding of defense tactics and strategies to work on behalf of victims all across the country. So, uh, David, welcome to the show. Uh, You've had a defense background. Now you're representing a lot of the plaintiffs in these cases. Uh, it's a very interesting uh, career for you. It has been, and Larry, thank you for having me on the show uh, to talk about a topic uh, which I do think is very important, is gaining some uh, national recognition, uh, unfortunately, with the events involving uh, Tracy Morgan. No question. Well, joining me today also as my co-host is my colleague and friend John Muir. John joined Ringler Associates in 2013 and provides expertise to clients regarding financial security and investments He attends mediations and settlement conferences for his clients and provided judicial training for the Illinois Workers' Compensation Commission, commissioners, arbitrators, and staff attorneys. He presents structured settlement CLE and CE programs for professionals in the industry, and he's also an attorney licensed in Illinois. John, welcome to Ringler Radio, and uh, I just want to tell our audience, anything to do with workers' comp, John Muir is our is our guy, our go-to guy. So, John, welcome to Ringler Radio. Thanks for being my co-host. Thanks, Larry. Thanks for having me. Well, the National Transportation Safety Board, the NTSB, is re-examining the risks associated with fatigued truck drivers after that recent tractor-trailer crash critically injured actor and comedian Tracy Morgan and killed uh, Morgan's friend James McNair in New Jersey. Uh, In that crash, the driver had not slept in 24 hours. David, what can you tell us uh, in a little more detail about the crash and uh, so many other cases like it? Well, I think what we see here is an egregious example of everything uh, that um, the federal government uh, and to an extent, the trucking industry is trying to prevent. Uh, you you referenced that uh, this guy had been working for 24 hours uh, leading up to the crash. Uh, that's 
assuming that's true, uh, you know, we've got a blatant violation of not only the laws and the regulations that are put in place by the government to protect the motoring public and truck drivers uh, from fatigue, but also what's interesting about this wreck is it looks like it took place at about 1 a.m. in the morning, uh, which put uh, put this truck driver in a position of being uh, on the road working uh, after an end of a long, long day at a time when he's probably going to be at his limits and in a low point in terms of uh, driving performance. And unfortunately, it's it's an egregious example uh, based upon what this truck driver did, uh, and also it gets public notoriety because of the victim involved, Tracy Morgan, but it is uh, very much something that's not limited to him and to that truck driver, and it's things that we see in cases uh, across the country, be it for companies, uh, big companies, I believe, that the Tracy Morgan uh, accident involved a truck driven uh, on behalf of Walmart, but it can be as a big a company as Walmart. It can be as small a company as a mom-and-pop trucking operation. And, David, in that case, the truck was equipped with uh, anti-collision technology, but that wasn't enough to deter the driver's fatigue. Uh, is that technology sort of up to the snuff, as they say, in most trucks on the road? Uh, unfortunately, it's not going to be found in the vast majority of trucks that are on the road. Uh, it's a fairly new technology, so uh, oftentimes you're not going to find it unless the trucks being driven are of the latest model years. And also, it's still uh, found to be a standard, uh, not a standard option. Uh, so it's something that the truck purchaser is either going to have to purchase from the manufacturer or do after the fact. Uh, and even then, uh, unfortunately, the vehicle doesn't drive itself. We haven't reached the point in the future where you can just get in and the vehicle takes you from where you want to go to where you need to be. Uh, the driver still has to play a role in connection with all of this and any type of technology, be it uh, something that keeps track of the driver's eyes to see if they're drifting, uh, or something in terms of lane technology or, or essentially forward radar, which detects something in front of them, is still not going to be enough when you consider that the vehicle that that truck driver is responsible for is something upward of 40 tons, 80,000 pounds, you know, traveling at 70 miles an hour. Well, you know, David, there are federal regulations in place restricting the number of hours that a truck driver can operate the vehicle, but uh, a National Sleep Foundation's poll in 2012 showed that truck drivers worked an average of 10-hour shifts, and almost 40% of the drivers reported that they rarely had a good night's sleep. doesn't seem like those regulations are uh, are working. Well, they're, uh, I think that they're limited in what they can do. Uh, the regulations that you're referring to are the hours of service regulations that are yeah. put in place uh, that govern all, all trucks uh, that are engaged in interstate commerce. Uh, and under those regulations, they do limit the amount of time that a driver can both be driving and also be on duty and otherwise working. Uh, so for in a given 24-hour period for a property-carrying vehicle, such as you know the normal uh, semi-trailers we see going down the road, those drivers uh, can only be on duty uh, for 14 consecutive hours uh, and can only drive consecutively for 11 hours during that time before they're required uh, to have a 10-hour off-duty period to reset the clock. Uh, the problem with that, though, still is that uh, 14 hours on duty is certainly a long day uh, that still exists, as was 11 hours of consecutive driving. 
Um, and so what we have now, I, I think that there's recognition uh, that the regulations as they have existed since 2003 are probably still not enough to counteract a lot of the driver fatigue. And so those regulations were amended uh, here about a year ago in the summer of 2013. All of the various hour restrictions still exist, but they now also require a truck driver to take a 30-minute break during the first eight hours of their shift. So they're trying to break up the monotony of a truck driver's workday and the time that they're spent uh, behind the wheel. Uh, but the problem is, is there's a lot of other factors that uh, go into whether or not whether or not a person's going to be fatigued uh, over that that extended 14 or 11 hour period. And at the same time, we all know that the truck driver has to uh, drive to make money. So, uh, what can help solve? Uh, the danger you mentioned on our, our roadways. You know, you're absolutely right. I mean, most uh, truck drivers are going to be paid uh, by the mile. Uh, and so they recognize that anytime their wheels aren't turning, there's not going to be any income that's coming into them, uh, which is tough for an employee driver. And it's also tough, especially for the independent contractor drivers uh, or those who lease trucks and then work for these large trucking companies because they recognize not only are they not making money well, while, the, while they're sitting, but also uh, that truck's still costing them uh, money regardless if it's moving down the road or not. Uh, so ultimately, it is going to have to come down to uh, the truck drivers themselves to gain a better appreciation of how fatigue affects their daily job um, in terms of operating uh, these large vehicles. Uh, but they shouldn't have to do it all alone. I mean, they are, we have major trucking companies, even mom-and-pop trucking companies can help these people to gain an understanding of fatigue, how people become fatigued, and ways to combat it. Uh, and also, again, we have the Federal Motor Carrier uh, Safety Administration, who, uh, if you go to their website, has uh, an extensive amount of materials on fatigue. It's one of their focuses, and I think that there will... Uh, we'll have a continuing movement to uh, develop new regulations and rules uh, as it relates to fatigue. Well, David, talk to us about the investigations that determine driver fatigue after an accident uh, has occurred. How complicated is that? Uh, it's probably one of the more complicated issues you're going to have to deal with uh, in any um, motor vehicle collision. Uh, and the reason uh, is pretty simple. Uh, you know, if, if you or I go out to the bars and grab a couple beers and we're involved in an accident, uh, it should be obvious to the responding officer that that could be an issue because they'll smell alcohol and we'd be subjected to a blood alcohol test or some other form of toxicology, which is going to show in an objective fashion uh, what our blood alcohol limit is. And there's some accepted science there uh, as reflected in the state and federal laws. Uh, as to what that limit is going to be, uh, generally 0.8% so, uh, or 0.08. So uh, that's easy. But when you have fatigue, it's very difficult because there is no such thing uh, as an objective test to determine whether or not uh, a driver was, number one, were they, fatigue, were they fatigued at the time of the wreck? And also, number two, whether that fatigue uh, played a role in the wreck. So it's one of these things where you're going to have to look uh, at multiple sources to determine whether the driver was fatigued because of their work schedule, were they fatigued uh, because of something in their medical background, uh, and how did that fatigue play a role in causing the wreck? Hmm. 
Uh, David, what are the next steps when it comes to litigation, and how do you establish the fatigue as a cause? Uh, Any time that uh, we get a a, uh, tractor-trailer accident in, uh, just because of the statistics that are out there as it relates to driver fatigue and the role that it plays uh, in motor vehicle collisions, especially as it relates to uh, truck drivers, I go into it thinking it's something that I have to check off of the list and look at. Uh, and so it starts almost uh, with with very simple things, and it proceeds from there. Uh, the first thing that I like to do is I just I like to look at the accident report and gain an understanding of, for example, what time of day. Uh, the accident happened. Um, there's a scientific concept known as the circadian rhythm, uh, which is essentially the, the sleep schedule and the natural clock that we all have. Uh, and through that clock, we know that it's time to points of uh, daylight and points of night. Uh, and from that, we know also through the science uh, that people are most likely to be involved in a fatigue-related accident from midnight to 6 a.m. in the morning. So you want to gain an appreciation of whether or not the driver that was involved was operating uh, and involved in a wreck at that time. Mm. Uh, The other thing you look for is whether or not um, the facts of the accident match some type of fatigue-based driving, uh, such as, you know, drifting into another lane, uh, making a decision that you wouldn't necessarily uh, suspect would occur, uh, from there, you need to take a lot of other steps uh, because ultimately we know the truck driver um, at the scene is going to say, well, if I wasn't fatigued, and maybe that's a true statement. Maybe it's because of the post-accident adrenaline. Uh, so you're going to have to look at other things. You need to look at the driver's record of duty status uh, records mm-hmm. uh, to see where they were in terms of how many hours that they've worked, how many hours of rest have they had uh things like that. And then you also need to look into the driver's medical background to see if there's anything in that, such as a sleep disorder, or sleep apnea, uh, whether or not they've got some condition that would make them more prone uh, to being tired and to being fatigued beyond that that you would see in the normal, uh, healthy general population. Well, you know, David, when there is a collision, uh, whether it's caused by sleep apnea or some of these other issues you mentioned, or just simply driving uh, for too long a period of time, as a result of this driver fatigue, a collision takes place. Who is uh, typically considered the liable party? Is it the driver uh, or is the trucking company vicariously liable or is it both? Uh, how does that work in uh, the field that you've been working in on most of these cases? Uh, well, typically you're going to have a situation uh, separate and apart from a true independent contractor relationship, which is uh, difficult to find even despite the various uh, uh, that trucking companies may put on it is typically the driver is going to be responsible individually uh, for their own acts, but also the motor carrier, the trucking company is going to be responsible for the acts of its driver. Uh, And this is where I think um, it gets a a, a little bit complicated, but uh, oftentimes, you know, the defense will go on there and say, well, you know, you know, we've accepted responsibility for our truck driver and his actions. Uh, but they don't want to take uh, responsibility for their co- corporate culture. And it's almost a disservice to a driver who's out on the road, who doesn't have the knowledge of the science of fatigue, who doesn't have the knowledge of you know, the steps that could have been taken by the motor carrier to prevent him from operating a vehicle uh, while being fatigued. And so 
there's often cases that we have had where uh, we're almost having to become a proponent of the truck driver to say that the truck driver is a victim here as much as our client who was injured because of the fact that this truck tr- trucking company knew of these risks, knew of risks specific to the driver, but didn't even let their own driver uh, 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 know what was facing them if they took that vehicle out on the road. No question. Well, let's take a quick break right now and be back in a minute right here on Ringo Radio with our guest, David Bros, and also our co-host, John Muir. We'll be right back. This is Ringler Radio from Ringler Associates, the leader in the structured settlements profession nationwide. Did you know that Ringler is involved in a third of all structured settlement cases in the country? Ringler Associates works with all the parties in a lawsuit settlement to find the best possible financial solution for the people involved. There's a Ringler Associate in all the major cities of the U.S. No one has more experience than a Ringler Associate. Check out our new website at www.ringlerassociates.com for the best information for claimants, legal professionals, and claims personnel, and to find the Ringler Associate nearest you. When it's your interest at stake in a lawsuit settlement, you want only the best financial plan. You can count on Ringler Associates to structure a customized plan that meets the needs of you and your family for the future. Visit ringlerassociates.com to learn more. Welcome back to Ringler Radio. Glad you could join us. I'm Larry Cohen, your host, and I'm joined today by my co-host, John Muir, from uh, beautiful Illinois. Uh, What town are you in there, John, in Illinois? We're in Bloomington, which is about two hours uh, north of St. Louis and two hours south of Chicago. Sounds like it's perfectly centrally located for you there. It that's, is. that's cool. <laughs> and, uh, of course, our special guest, Attorney David Bros from the law firm Langdon & Emerson in Lexington, Missouri. Uh, David, you've worked on both sides of trucking cases. Tell us about that and how you apply your past defense work to your current cases representing uh, injured, uh, injured parties. Oh, well, I think my past in terms of representing trucking companies in the past – it, it helps me gain an understanding of what they're looking at and what they may view uh, as areas of concern. Uh, and it also just gave me a general background from which I could gain an understanding of the trucking industry, how things operate, the relationships and dependencies between drivers uh, and the companies themselves. Uh, and so it gives me an opportunity to uh, kind of the case from both sides. David, can you provide us with a real example of a case you were involved in surrounding driver fatigue? Sure, I'll give you two because they're just a little bit of a different uh, scenario. I've got uh, one case that we were involved in where uh, we represented a lady who was struck by a tractor trailer. Uh, Within a few hours of that accident, uh, the tractor trailer driver was asked, uh, or not asked, told that he needed to submit to a a sleep study based upon information taken from a survey of him two years earlier uh, that showed that he was uh, at severe risk for sleep apnea. Um, He went in, found that he did, in fact, have sleep apnea, uh, and it was uh, of the most severe form. Uh, So we argued in that case, and this was what I referenced earlier, kind of almost being a proponent for the driver, 
The driver was a victim almost in that case as much as our client because if the trucking company had acted upon the knowledge it had for two years, uh, he would have been identified as being at risk uh, and would have gone in and been treated and not had uh, fatigue be an issue in that wreck. Uh, another case in which fatigue had been involved was where a driver who was hired by his uh, uncle, had not driven a truck for 30 years, uh, was hauling hog affluent, uh, and uh, essentially had just been worked to the bone for seven days. Uh, and at the end of that seven-day period, uh, fatigue was playing a role, and he turned left in front of a truck that was coming at him at 60 miles an hour, 55 miles an hour. Uh, and unfortunately, that guy passed away, all because of this guy uh, was in a schedule where he just couldn't keep up and uh, fatigue took over. You know, David, uh, those are unbelievable examples. The NTSB statistics show that driver fatigue, uh, as you mentioned previously here in this discussion, it happens most often in the early morning hours, like 2 a.m. to 6 a.m., but also in what's called the 2 p.m. afternoon slump. I think a lot of us uh, working in offices also experience that slump. Uh, and it also happens to those of us who drive cars in the afternoon. How can driver fatigue be prevented? You know, I notice they sell a lot of products on the uh, you know the open market, like Five Hour Energy and Red Bull and those kinds of things that people want to take to keep awake. Is it a, is it a matter of uh, some stimulants trying to keep that uh, you know people more attentive to the road, or is it is it a bigger problem than that? Uh, it's it's a bigger it's a bigger problem. I think everybody out there in any situation wants the magic pill that's going to take away uh, any ails or concerns, but that's simply not going to happen. Uh, the way to combat uh, driver fatigue is to get sleep. I mean that that is the the one and only true cure uh, for driver fatigue. Uh, there's something known as cumulative sleep debt. And, you know, every hour that you lose of sleep, it just keeps getting added to the debt. And the only way to take, get around that, it's, it's not if you take, you know, five or six bottles of 24-hour energy. Uh, the only way to do that is to get sleep. So the way that you prevent fatigue is you have an understanding of the causes, uh, and then you adjust your behavior and your employee's behavior for the trucking company uh, to take the risks associated with that behavior out of your practice and your, and your, your trucking system. Along the lines of uh, responsibility, David, do you think that we need to see more rules and regulations when it comes to trucking companies like uh, education, um, sleep minimums, maybe shorter driving shifts or some sort of uh, additional technology? You know, actually, I think uh, we'll, we, we will see all of those things occur as uh, time moves on. Uh, I think there will be more of an emphasis put on trucking companies to educate their drivers as to uh, the risks of fatigue and the causes of fatigue. Uh, and so I think uh, that will be coming along the line. Uh, also in terms of sleep limits, I think that there, uh, I don't necessarily foresee a change in the 10, 11, um, uh, and uh, 14 hour rules, but I think we've seen a little bit of a shift in terms of requiring breaks, uh, things like that. Unfortunately, I don't think we'll ever reach a point where we can take drivers out of trucks uh, at periods uh, where they'd be at most at risk, which is typically over the overnight hours because it's and there's less traffic and it's easiest for them to drive. Uh, but we can help them with technology, like you mentioned earlier, that, you know, watching the driver's eyes to see if they're drifting, anything like that. And I think the best technology that's being put into use by more and more trucking companies is electronic duty record logs, where uh, that's done electronically through a system such as Qualcomm, uh, which essentially uh, takes some of the risks of 
a driver not being truthful uh, out of their hands because a trucking company can track not only the records, the record duty status, but can also track the movement of, of the truck to make sure that the driver is being truthful. Well, that's terrific. Uh, you know, we've had uh, in this discussion, I think it's a primer or a seminar on uh, on sleep deprivation and, and trucking cases. Uh, I think our audience is going to be very well informed after listening to uh, all of this discussion. I thank you very much for that, David. If if someone wanted to get a hold of you or contact you, David, how would they do that? Uh, sure. The best way is to um, call our firm or to go to our firm's website, uh, which is www.langtonemerson.com. Also, the firm's number is 660-259-6175. Uh, we do all types of cases and certainly trucking. Um, we like to hold out as one of our specialties, and we hope that no one is involved in a wreck where they need our help, but that's not a reality, and we want to be there for those that have to take on those circumstances. Ter- terrific. Uh, and, John, how about yourself? If someone wanted to uh, contact you, how would they do that? Uh, you can go to the Ringler Associates website, and uh, if you type in Illinois or Missouri, we're – uh, will pop up on the screen with all our information there. Terrific. And uh, to our audience out there, you can reach any Ringler Associates on ringlerassociates.com. It's got all of the uh, associates around the country. You can contact them. All their information is there. They even have their pictures, which is pretty cool. Uh, and also some great information as well. And uh, if you want to listen to this radio show or any of the other you know, hundreds of radio shows that we've done, you can go to ringlerassociates.com, ringlerradio.com, or LegalTalkNetwork.com, or you can even go to iTunes and download it uh, directly to your iPod or iPad and listen uh, at your leisure. And you can uh, hear David Bros and John Muir and myself talk about sleep deprivation and trucking accidents or anything else that makes you uh, have a good time. So with that, I want to say thank you very much, David. Uh, thank you very much, Larry and John. I appreciate the opportunity to speak uh, both with you and to some of the people out here about this issue. Terrific. And John, thanks for being a great co-host. Thanks for having me, Larry. Terrific. And uh, to the rest of you out there, go have a great day. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. Thanks for listening to Ringler Radio. With over a million listeners, Ringler Associates, the first name in structured settlements, Visit RinglerAssociates.com today.